0: hello shiny happy people this is druti shah and i'm back with this new episode of the shiny happy people special the resilient entrepreneur and guess what this is the fourth episode and the fourth month since we launched this limited edition series and here is a big shout out to all of you folks for tuning in every month thank you so much On that cheerful note, let me do a quick introduction of my guest today, someone who is known for his positivity and energy. It's none other than Arvind Naya. Arvind is the co-founder and CEO of Neuropixel, which deploys cutting edge artificial intelligence to power breakthroughs for online retail storefronts. Neuropixel is backed by Entrepreneur First, ISBD Labs, Inflection Point Ventures, Dexter Angels, Huddle, Dhruv, Toshniwal, Rashad, and Flipkart. An alumnus of the Indian School of Business, Arvind brings an experience across fashion, e-commerce, and consulting. He was previously an associate director at Mintra, which is India's largest fashion e-commerce platform where he led sales events, customer acquisition, customer retention, and category solutions. More about NeuroPixel and Irwin's entrepreneurial journey of resilience coming up in my conversation. Don't go anywhere, I'll be right back. Hey, Arwen, welcome to our limited series podcast, Resilient Entrepreneur. It is so fantastic to have you here.
1: Drithi, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's an absolute privilege to be here and looking forward to the show.
0: Yes. So would you uh, love to give a quick introduction of yourself to our listeners, sure. please?
1: Absolutely, Drithi. Um, Drithi, so I had a total of around 10 years of WorkEx prior to starting up Neuropixel. I started out my career in the consulting space. Um, I was there for about five years. Unfortunately, it took me quite a while to realize I didn't want to be a consultant in the long run. Um, went and did my MBA out of ISB then in, uh, in 2014 and used that as a sort of conscious pivot point to sort of shift into the tech and e-commerce space uh, where I've spent more or less the last five years. Um, most recently and most relevant work experience, I was part of the revenue and growth team in Mintra uh, for a little under three years. Where I started out leading this one charter called sale events, like Minta's End of Reason Sale and all their big sale events over the year. And I was fortunate enough to lead six different teams by the end of my tenure, including um, new customer acquisition, retention, category solutions, the gift cards business, and so on. Um, late 2020 is when I decided, you know, take a leap of faith, try and start up. And it's been about two years on this journey with NeuroPixel and couldn't be happier. A lot of uh, scary moments in between, but right now definitely couldn't be happier. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Thanks Arvind for sharing that. I would love to hear more about what has been your journey like as an entrepreneur. Um, Like you said, you know, NeuroPixel uh, started in 2020, right? And you have a co-founder with you. So what has been the journey like? It's been a little more than two years now. Uh,
1: To be specific, we started with 30th December 2020. So more or less 21. But um, the journey has been, it's been wild. We've had the best of times and we've obviously also had a lot of traps which you will hear about in from a lot of entrepreneurs um it's it's been a slightly rocky road because i think when we started out this was before sort of generative ai became a little more mainstream than it has in the last three months thanks to OpenAI. so we were questioned a lot on whether this is really something that can be solved within the next two three years with the amount of money that we were requesting for so those sort of existential questions were uh, more challenging in the early parts of our journey Um, but I think I was really lucky to have the most resilient entrepreneur I know my co-founder with me on this journey from uh, the very beginning so um, Mm -hmm. it's I think it's invaluable to have somebody to share those lows with um, and sort of make you you know experience those highs as well. So um, that's that's really the genesis of NeuroPixel. So we were just two people that uh, decided to start up for various personal reasons. Would you like me to get into that as well?
0: Yeah, I would love to hear
1: yeah, sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. So let me just quickly introduce my co founder also because he's very relevant to this journey. Uh, his because name is Amritendu, like- he's done his PhD from the IASC. Uh, specializing in applied machine learning in the field of image processing he's uh he was an alum of IIT KGP as well so he's the brain right? i just do a little bit more of the talking and uh, amritendu is in my eyes at least the definition of a resilient entrepreneur he's um he did most of his phd from a hospital bed he had stage 4 composite lymphoma a type of blood cancer and he still went ahead and you know decided that i'm going to finish my phd which to me was a little bit crazy and thankfully he's uh he was all okay soon after his PhD. And that's when we sort of teamed up and decided, you know, let's build something because he wanted to step away from research for a little bit and actually focus on deploying the research rather than what is typically done through a PhD. So um, while he loves academia and he is a guest faculty at IISC and IAMK, he wanted to sort of uh, build a startup and I was lucky enough to meet him at that juncture in my life. And for me as well, my personal reason for starting up um so I live away from my wife and my 3 year old son well he's 3 now. Um so it was if I was going to stay behind in India and I wanted to be very much a part of the Indian growth story um it needed to be uh, big enough to actually uh, do something because my wife works overseas she works in she was in Jordan for a few years now she's in Bangladesh um for her career as well she works in the UN. So if I was going to be in India it needed to be big. And I wanted to sort of take uh, that leap of faith now in my career with, I thought that 10 years is a sort of good uh, time frame of professional experience after which to take a, you know, to take a chance on myself. Um, So, yeah, I I think we met at that juncture where we really wanted to sort of go big or go home. And uh, that's when EuroPixel was born in uh, late 2020, early 21. Yeah.
0: Wow, that is uh, quite a story. And, you know, there are so many questions um, yeah. that I've opened up as a result of this. So thank you so much for sharing all that you did. And I'm yeah. I will make it a point to meet him at some point. I would love to so. love to meet he would
1: love to meet you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and you mentioned things like, you know, it was a rocky road, which you were sometimes down in the trenches. Can you share a little bit more in terms of what was going on at that point in time?
1: Sure. Um so the early parts of Framing a startup is very unique to each founder and their own startup journey, right? A lot of people, uh, and there's no right or wrong answer. You've seen startups work on either side of the spectrum. What I mean by that is there are some startups who face a sort of personal problem and then decide that they are going to solve that because they see some economic benefit at the end of it. Um, For us, it was a little more objective and boring, if I may. It was more of a (laughs) framework-driven process where... uh, Both of us having been relatively more experienced, I guess, uh, me with about 10 years, my co-founder with about 14, 15 years, we are slightly on the older edge of the spectrum of founders, I would say, um, at least on on an aggregate basis. So we wanted to sort of play to our strengths and leverage the experience and the expertise that we had built up. Uh, I mean, in the words of Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs, you connect the dots as well as you can. So um, that's really what we tried to do. What are we uniquely positioned to solve? Mm -hmm. And the second uh, biggest factor for us, which we really wanted to double down on was timing, because we looked at why startups fail. And one of the most critical reasons other than founder fit and all that is sort of a founder fights or something like that is, um, you know, timing of the venture. And especially when you're doing something with generative AI and deep tech, that timing is sort of um, even more important, I would say. So we yeah. started looking at problems where we were uniquely positioned to solve and which we felt would be solved in the next sort of three to four year timeframe and where we could build deep IP. So that's really why we decided to go down this path. And yeah, that was okay. our genesis. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and I did read in your interview, right, where you said there is no emotional reason for starting this. Uh, this was purely <laughs> like, you know, a, a brainchild of two people who loved what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, and has created NeuroPixels, So that's
1: pretty exciting. Um just, uh, just if I may interrupt, it's always emotional. You can't start up without <laughs> there being an emotional dimension to it. I think the reason to start up is very emotional in the sense that you want to sort of um, shy, get away from the beaten path and see what you can do uh, and see what you're capable of and try and add more value to the ecosystem if you will. But um, what we started up was framework driven. Why we started exactly. up was purely emotional. That's, exactly. that's, that's what I wanted to yeah.
0: Thank you for clarifying that. That's why I love this format where I can actually yes. ask these clarifying questions. So thank you for doing that. Um, tell me about the top three challenges that you faced in the last two years.
1: Top three challenges. I think the first is sort of really Um, crystallizing your concept and validating that there is something there that if you build it, it, people will buy it Um, to a large extent with it. There is some sort of uh, following your gut as well in there. But as much as possible, it's important to be analytics and data driven in the sense that make sure that you are able to sell it to a wide range of customers, for instance, to de-risk yourself. right? I mean, the whole process of starting up is sort of taking an audacious bet and then trying to continuously de-risk the way that I would look at it. So the audacious bet that we took was to build something cutting edge through generative ai which I'll I'll explain more down the road. But then the de-risking phase is uh building the right team, getting the right investors etc. So um the first problem that we had was really crystallizing exactly what we wanted getting the data driven process where we validated that brands, platforms, studios etc would pay for the solution. So we had a wide sort of customer base. Um, the next is sort of getting some VCs to believe in you because uh, so much of this, again, comes down to timing from a from a different aspect in the sense that um, people really underestimate how important the flavor of the season is. So if you look at it, maybe two years back, it was probably EdTech. Maybe a year ago, it was probably, um, I would say, crypto. And we've seen those sort of ebbs and flows in the startup ecosystem, right? And that really makes the difference to uh, how easy or difficult it is for you to fundraise. So when we started saying generative AI about a little over two years ago, um, there was more skepticism than anything else at that point, especially when... Um, the gestation period for a business like this before you can really show anything is a relatively long time frame. So when yeah. we were trying to raise money with two guys with a story without any traction, without any monetization, et cetera. So, um, so it, it it was challenging to get VCs to believe in us, but I will say that there has been no better time to start up in India than now with number of accelerators, what? investors, et cetera. So while there is still a long way to go to get to the you know the Silicon Valley sort of level, I think we were very lucky in the sense that we were two guys trying to start a generative AI startup out of Bangalore today. And that sort of helped us sort of circumnavigate that. Um, So the first one was sort of inception. The second one was sort of fundraising. The third one, I would say, is sort of um, culture and setting the team dynamics from the very beginning. Because you want a team that is hungry um, to solve the problem rather than one that is driven by... Myopic extrinsic rewards like money, having that structured into your foundation, it sort of um, compounds in value, especially from an, for an early stage startup. So I think uh, you know building that right team from people we knew are, are friends of friends, and having uh, professors at institutes like the IISC help us towards building that right team, that sort of helped us in a great way. And we've also stumbled uh, several times along the way. I think um, you need to be honest enough to ask for help and sort of set that culture uh, the way yes. that you want. Because it's something that you really underestimate before you start up, but then you really start feeling the pinch of it about a year in, a year and a half in. And uh, thankfully, I think we've recalibrated to an extent where we've solved that. Sorry, long-winded answer, but yeah, back to you.
0: And that helps because um, while you were talking, I'm also you know acknowledging all the challenges that you're facing because this is something with startups all across they face similar challenges, right? You, yeah. you, but I believe you and Amritundu, you've shown the kind of maturity and already thinking about the culture of the team because a lot of founders um, are, you know, just rolling up the sleeves and getting into the work and not paying too much attention to the culture. Uh, but you know, being an organizational development consultant myself, I'm a little amazed as to how you've already thought through some of the things which come, you know. Five years down the line, or when we are a thousand people engineering team, we'll take a look at that. You know, so uh, kudos to you, um, and I'm just that. Um, I think
1: you, Drithi, I think you make me sound more strategic than I was. Um, what, what is that? How does that <laughs> saying go? Necessity is the mother of all invention. I think we stumbled a lot. Right, we have half our team which is researchers or postgrad from iit and IITs, and the other half our team are creative 3D design professionals. And I mean, that's really what the intersection of we are. And these two teams inherently will have very, very different styles of working. Yes. So we stumbled a lot. And then we had to sort of uh, make a few changes and set a few guardrails while we built the business. So, um, I mean, it, it wasn't easy. But yeah, I would love to pick your brains offline and how I can sort of improve that aspect as well.
0: Oh, yeah. I would yeah. love that. Yeah. We'll, and we'll yeah. talk about that. But right yeah. now, what's really catching my interest is what you just said. We stumbled a lot, right? And I always believe through, you know, whatever I've spoken with the entrepreneurs and the research that I've done around this, there's always a mindset that comes into yeah. play. Yeah. Um, and we become who we are as a result of the challenges that we've faced, as a result yeah. of the experiences that we've had. Um, yeah. so, so coming down to that, right, when you think about the mindset of an entrepreneur, yeah. you personally, or if, if you've seen and to it would want to share some tips, uh, based on your observations as well, would love to hear more. Uh, I would love to hear more, and I'm sure our listeners would as well. In terms of what are some of the things that you do, maybe as a routine, maybe as a habit, maybe you know, just to remain sane and to and to you know, as humanly possible, just remain yeah. calm with yeah. all the challenges that you're facing. And I'm not saying you remain calm; I'm making a huge assumption. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, having said that, how do you go about it, wake up every day, still feel the passion and the motivation, yeah. to continue working towards the idea to continue to build it up, to continue with the funding um, yeah. that you would have, right, in order to grow your team as well. Um, yeah. So what kind of mindset are we thinking of right now?
1: Got it. So um, this is, again, one of those things that uh, it took us a while to start seeing the patterns emerge. Yeah. And the more I look back at it after like six months, one year, one and a half years, I'm very erratic with my personal health schedule, right? Like sometimes I go all into work for like one, two months and it takes a toll on my health. And then I realize I've gone too far and then I need to focus on one thing. But um, the long and short of it is that I've seen a much better performance at work when I'm working out regularly. Those two things seem very disconnected. But if I'm able to sort of go for a run four or five times a week, at least, I'm a much better, calmer person at work as well. So I think uh, the fundamentals of it are are very clear, right? You work out, you build it, you're a happier person, you're more productive, but it takes you a while. I mean, putting that into practice is much harder than uh, anything else because you tend to get swept away in, you know, a big deadline or a big meeting and, um, the longer you've been doing this, the more frequent those are. So it's sort of, um, you have to force yourself to sort of recalibrate. I think working out is one of those key things to keep you sane, as you said, right? So I try and go for a run about three, four times a week. I try and play tennis about uh, three, four times a week as well. So that is one completely disconnected thing. Now, in at work, I think one of the very simple habits that has always um, helped to preempt bigger blowups is to make sure that you have a small casual catch-up at a regular cadence with all the senior members of the team, and I don't mean sitting down for a meeting in a meeting room. It's more about you know just going for a walk for about half an hour, forty-five minutes, go and get a cup of coffee um, outside the office, right? I think weaving that into your schedule sort of makes things it, it, it keeps you abreast of everything that's happening in the office a, a lot more before things sort of blow up. And you end up finding out more about the gaps that you need to fill in these casual conversations rather than in meeting rooms um, Mm -hmm. sometimes. So I think having that steady cadence with at least your core team is very, very important. And especially with your co-founder. Because, I mean, to put things in a context, you end up spending more time with your co-founder than your uh, wife, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, something like that. And that's crazy, right? This is not somebody that you expected to spend that much time with. So you're bound to have um, some friction points. I think the other thing is to sort of embrace those friction points mm-hmm. and make sure that you are communicating on a level um, well enough to transparently iron those out rather than bottle those out uh, up. And that's very bumper sticker advice, but it's sort of uh, very, very important, especially in the early days of a startup journey, to make sure that communication line is uh, transparent and relaxed rather than strained because the second you see it strained over a long much longer period blowups are inevitable and, mm. and we've had that it's not that we have we haven't especially in the very early uh, days of our startup journey but uh, by and large I, I would say that we have one of the best founded relationships at the end of it where we're, we're super caring about each other we know exactly what's going on in each other's lives not just at work so um, so, yeah, I think have the ability to uh, build a team of friends is much more important than sort of uh, build a hierarchical, high productivity, functional team. I, I, I think one leads to the other. I don't yeah. think uh, trying to build the latter will necessarily lead to the best direct results. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And your friends eventually to become your supporters as well, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I think um, i, I this is actually, what you just said is one of the best pieces of advice that I've ever gotten in my startup journey. You said, um, thanks to your supporters, right? Um, I was, I, I think whenever you meet somebody in the startup ecosystem, one of the best pieces that I, of advice that I got was to see how you can help them and just leave it at that, right? If you can help them with as little as an introduction or even taking out some time to advise them on some problem that you might, might have felt earlier, that will come back to you. That karma within the startup ecosystem is so incredibly powerful. Exactly. Um, and the skill is to do it without expecting anything in return. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, again, bumper sticker advice, but it's just one of those things that has really panned out so well for me.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah. it does, you know, because genuinely speaking, We have a lot of people and I don't know what the ratio is on that, but we have a lot of people who who always have an intention or an ulterior motive and they connect with us. But how many times you genuinely reach out to people with no intention, with no motive and just to build a connection, right? Absolutely. Um, Very rare, very rare. And and those moments, those people, they kind of stand out for you because of who they are and what they've done for you. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm with you on that. I, I get that vibe completely.
1: Um, I just wanted to say, this is, not, this is not something that I've learned the hard way. It's something. I'm stealing the best advice I've ever seen from this guy called Gary Tan. I'm not sure if uh, you're familiar with him, but he was, he's right now the head of Y, uh, y Combinator globally. Yeah. But his story is fascinating, right? He started out as a photographer at startup events. And just because he went and he wanted to learn, he was literally at the bottom rung of the pyramid, and he just started taking photographs of startups, started doing a few podcasts, interviewing them, trying to understand what uh, made what made them take. and he started helping each of these startups and then he started uh, receiving it back ten times over. and if yeah. he could give one piece of advice to startup founders, this would be it. So I'm just stealing his advice but yeah I absolutely
0: no, and yeah. thank you for sharing that. You're listening to the shiny happy people podcast with Vinay Kumar. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is sponsored by C2C OD, your organizational development consulting partner, bringing people and strategy together. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the handle at c 2 cod and get updates on our upcoming episodes. So so far you know on mindset we have you know you work out regularly uh, you build real connections at work by catching up with people casually you know no agenda meetings that kind of stuff uh you embrace the friction and you address it as soon as you see it surfacing by keeping an open communication line with maybe not just your founder but the, I'm, I'm assuming it's your extended team as well right where you keep yeah, this open absolutely yeah and and you talked about how you build a team of friends uh you know your inner circle your supporters and uh, yeah. giving as much as you can uh and hoping that you know at some point in time you would have impacted somebody's lives positively right with, with that intention yeah.
1: um
0: is there anything else that you would want us to know uh, Irvin? um
1: um Yeah, it's not that, as rosy. I think uh, you make me sound a lot better than I am. (laughs) Um, I'm just somebody who's made a lot of mistakes with either, uh, I mean, I don't work out that regularly. I might do it regularly for two, three months, but then I completely drop the ball for the next two, three months. I think the secret is consistency and the secret is learning from your mistakes. And um, we've made a lot of mistakes. so. It's it, it it's more about just keeping a track and zooming out and looking at your life objectively, and trying to figure out where you're screwing up and seeing whether you can, you know, remove that risk at least. So if you're able to identify those five seven things that you're able to that you have done badly over the last month, maybe just once a month, just take a, a, a you know a ten minute solo break and figure out what you should be doing better next month. I think that is my limited sort of. Um, I, that That's the only way that I'm able to continually improve at least. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, reflect, reflect yeah. on what you're yeah, state, right? Yeah. 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 And take that time off to kind yeah. of see what's really going on and how absolutely. you can become better. You yeah. you know that book by James Clear, right? One uh, yeah. better every time. Yeah. Try to do yeah. that. Yeah. And, and you will see a market improvement from where you started to where you are. And it's a journey. Absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, I, I don't think any of us would have a destination in mind to that extent, right? With that clarity, yeah. especially in today's uncertain environment, uh, it's a journey that each one of us is on. And Absolutely. each one of us, the that, that journey is so unique and so special, right? Yeah. In, in what we do. Um, so so what's next, Irvin? What's next for Neuropixel? What's next for Urban Dyer?
1: I think uh, we're just at the very beginning of what Neuropixel could be. Um what the, what we're really trying to solve has never been done before. I just want to take 30 seconds to just talk about that, right? What NeuroPixel does, we, do, we, we build deep IP on two things. We generate photorealistic synthetic human models mm-hmm. and we automate the highly repetitive process of cataloging clothes, right? Yep. So this is a starting point where we've chosen to sort of go inch wide and mile deep. And once we're able to sort of really drill down and add value to those sort of clients, the idea is to sort of go broader because the same fundamental technology can be applied to a lot of other spaces like um, digital marketing. Imagine taking one set of creatives, um, with one ethnicity person and being able to change the ethnicity of that person to market to different cohorts, right? So you can get a much higher ROI from your digital marketing expense. Mm-hmm. Imagine going for a salon, uh, to a salon where somebody takes a photograph of you and shows you 10 different hairstyles they can mm-hmm. that they can cut your hair into. Those are all things that our core technology is capable of. So I think um, right now, to answer your question, it's to uh, build a much bigger company. And today we're at the very, very early stages we still haven't hit PMF. We've just built some very interesting IP, which, is, um, which we're starting to put out there into the market. And thankfully, we're seeing a sort of very good response at the early stage. Um, but there's a long, long way to go. So I think um, it's an interesting journey that we're on. I think it's just the very beginning. I'm, I'm sure that there's at least another five years before we get to actually what uh, we're dreaming of right now. Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's that's on a a professional level on a personal level like um like I said earlier you made me sound a lot cooler than I am I just hope I'm able to sort of balance everything out a lot better than I have been over the last couple of years so yeah just sort of getting a little bit more work-life balance and um trying to build something really big and unique out of India yeah and I'm
0: pretty sure just having that kind of awareness will will definitely get you to where you want to be so thank you so much Arvind for joining us on the thank podcast you. today really appreciate it thank you for giving us the time and I wish you and NeuroPixel all the very best
1: thank you so much Suthi. it's been an absolute privilege being here and uh, look forward to connecting soon and picking your brain about what we can do better at NeuroPixel so thank you
0: we'd love that all right take care yeah. bye Folks, another brilliant conversation with an amazing entrepreneur. I mean, their energy never, never ceases to amaze me. Uh, and by the way, just an update, you know, we recorded this a couple of months ago. And uh, since then, I've had the opportunity to meet with Amritendu, Aravind's co-founder, the one who he mentions who is a resilient entrepreneur. And I can tell you this, he's one of the most modest and awesome human beings that I've met. And he's simply brilliant. So Amrit Endu, a shout out to you. Revanal, let me bring you back in. What did you think of this? Hey, Druthi. Um, what a great conversation. And you were right about, you know, I mean, he does exude a lot of positivity and mm-hmm. energy and enthusiasm for what he does, right? Yeah. Especially if it's come from Europe itself. Very interesting. I mean, AI is the rage right now. So it's actually yes. great to have somebody from working in deep AI. Yeah. I think one of the things that did definitely stand out for me uh, from Arvind as an entrepreneur is his whole aspect of go big or go home. What do you think of that? Actually, you're absolutely right. A lot of entrepreneurs today believe in that. And the previous generation of entrepreneurs have given us that mantra, you know, go big, go home. Mm -hmm. Um, I would just like to say this, that it's very important for every entrepreneur. And I think everybody who's listening, uh, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, is to define your own What does it mean to go big or go home, right? Um, How big do you want to go? What does success look like for you? You know, don't go by the industry standards of go big, go home. Have your own standards. Set that up for yourself. Yeah, That actually makes a lot of sense, right? Because uh, one size does not fit all, especially in this. Yeah, totally. So for me, Ramana, one of the things that really stood out was what he said around setting the team dynamics from the start. Mm -hmm. I must say this. Arun was the only early stage entrepreneur who I have interacted with who is so aware of the importance of the right team. And I think I said it during the podcast as well that you know a lot of people don't pay attention to this. And it, it's an afterthought. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the fact that he's so proactive, which makes me wonder how proactive he must be in terms of the technology that he's using, you know, the positioning that he's doing for the product. I think this is one company, Neuropixel.ai that I would definitely watch out for, right? Yeah. Love to end this on the note uh, that we've just been discussing. And one thing that stood out again, uh, he talked about karma, right? Mm -hmm. So to all the entrepreneurs out there, do good karma. Do not expect anything in return and just keep going. And I'm sure you'll achieve the pinnacle that you've set for yourself for success. So good luck to all of you out there and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. It was lovely to have you as our listeners. This is Dhruv Shah signing off. I'll be back next month with another entrepreneur and another story of resilience. See you then.